Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of the Davis Political Review Podcast. We are this week's hosts. I'm Elsa Feltz, the founder of this podcast. And I'm Dimitri Zlatev, an editor for the DPR. As we seek to discuss and inform the student body about current events happening around the world, today we'll be discussing the recent election in Thailand. On May the 14th of 2023, legislative elections to elect the new prime ministers and member of the house took place in Thailand. In this Southeast Asian country where the people don't have many opportunities to be heard since the military coup d'etat in 2014, elections were long awaited. This past Sunday, the turnout hit a new record high of 75.2%. Most importantly, the people have expressed their rejection of the current military wireless ruling by voting in majority for move forward and put high the two main pro-democratic opposing parties. Yet, in a regime where the army and monarchy have all the rights, uncertainties remain about the actual ability of pro-democratic leaders to gain control over the country. While Thailand experienced a sequence of military coups, pro-democratic party dissolutions and street protests, what do these election results tell us about the current state of the country? And what can we expect to happen in the near future? Let's start with the beginning. How does politics work in Thailand? So the nature of Thai politics is like few others, and to understand its current state, we first need to go back in the past. So throughout the 19th and 20th centuries, Thailand illustrated itself by being one of the few nations that maintained its independence against colonialism. At that time, all of its neighbors were controlled by colonial powers. Thailand was isolated between the British-controlled Burma and French Indochina. Yet, by putting the two powers against one another, it was able to secure its independence throughout the entire colonial period. Even more remarkably, Thailand was also the first country in Southeast Asia to democratize. Until 1932, Thailand was an absolute monarchy. Concretely, the king was the only and supreme leader. He wrote all the laws and ruled the country according to the natural law, also referred to as the Dharma. But everything changed in 1932, when the People's Party carried out a successful revolution against the ruling dynasty, ending nearly seven centuries of absolute monarchy. Since then, Siam took its official name of Thailand and became a constitutional monarchy, which means there is still a king, but he had to govern according to a constitution. However, this transition to democracy has been far from smooth. In the 89 years since the introduction of democratic rule, Thailand has been subject to no less than 13 separate coups. This means that Thailand is constantly alternating between democracy and military rule. Since the 2014 coup and the not-so-democratic 2019 general election, Thailand is thus governed by a parliamentary constitutional monarchy that is heavily influenced by the military and the monarchy. How does that work? Well, first, the public debate is locked because of the Les Majesté laws. This former punishes 3 to 15 years jail sentence any critique against the monarchy. In addition to that, the army actively participates in political life and oppresses any democratic movement or anything that undermines their ruling. 
Part of that influence is also conducted in the Senate directly. Indeed, the 250 senators are nominated by the army itself. So obviously, they only pass laws that go their way and can fault their power. And besides, the 2023 elections are nothing more than a strategic move from the army. To be sure, the army can nominate the senators only for a transitional period that will end in 2024. Thus, by accepting to conduct these legislative elections now, the army is much more likely to remain in power without any opposition. Indeed, the political system is such that the results of the elections, and most importantly, who is going to be prime minister, very much depend on the senators. Since current senators were all nominated by the army, the current prime minister, even if not supported by a majority of the population, is still in a good position to extend his mandate thanks to the unanimous support of senators. Okay, so now that we know more about the current state of Thailand, let's dive further into these 2023 elections. First of all, what were these elections about? So like in most constitutional monarchy systems, elections are held to elect the deputies that would then choose the prime minister. In our case, the election was really a means to list a number of grievances against the governing monarchy army establishment. The Thai economy is lackluster and highly monopolized, with major corporations loyal to the army receiving special benefits. In a country of over 71 million people, there are only two brands of beer available to the public. And since the 2014 coup, real wages per person have risen by only 9% compared to nearly 40% for nearby Vietnam. There was also the question of civil liberties. In 2020, the government dissolved a political party that promised to curb military spending, promoting two years of protest. And these protests were in turn squashed by the army and the police. The electorate was then understandably upset, and it just rushed to express their frustration at this 2023 ballot box. Now let's talk about the candidates. The election was the incumbents to lose. A coalition of reformist parties together won a supermajority of seats in Thailand's lower house in a resounding rebuke of that nation's incumbent military junta. The eight-way alliance, headed by the Social Democratic Move Forward Party and the liberal Pao Thai Party, cobbled together 313 of the 500 seats up for grabs. Pro-junta parties, in contrast, which are the parties of the current PM, Prayut Chanucha, who seized power in 2014, won a pathetic 76 of the 500 seats up for grabs. Prior to election day, it was widely anticipated that Tashin Sherawata, the one-time prime minister whose party has won the most votes in every election since 2001, would stand the most to gain. But it was instead the more unapologetic move-forward party and its leader, a Harvard graduate turned tech entrepreneur Peter Lim Jawenret, who won the day. As a party of the urban and the educated, Mr. Peter won all but a handful of the seats that comprise Bangkok, the capital. The feat is made more remarkable by the length to which the military, headed by former army chief Prayuch Chaun Ocha, went to secure its position, from naked gerrymandering of districts to the mass disqualification of opposition candidates. But in spite of this victory by democratic parties, the ultimate success of the country's pro-democratic forces is far from certain. 
These elections have huge implications for the country, its people, and the rest of the world. The rebuke of military rule is one of the few bright spots in a region not known for its commitment to democracy. Thailand stands between Myanmar, whose democratic government fell to the army in 2021, and the nominally communist regimes of China, Laos, and Vietnam. The victory of reformists in Thailand against a nakedly undemocratic government should inspire Democrats across Southeast Asia and the world more broadly. So now that we ensued these elections in the States, what can we expect to happen in the next weeks and years? As mentioned previously, the country is governed by a military royalist coalition, which means that they have control over the media and most importantly, the elections. So while they could not prevent the people from voting in favor of pro-democratic parties, they still have most of the control over the final results since they own the Senate. Also, since coups are very frequent in Thailand, we may think that this could be something that the army will do to ensure its lasting power. Yet, even if it is true that there have been almost one coup every six to seven years to neutralize the opposition over these past decades, we shouldn't expect that to happen. This is because all of these coups have had disastrous consequences for the Thailand economy, especially through economic sanctions imposed by the EU and the USA. To avoid that, the army is thus very unlikely to use another coup. However, this doesn't mean that the army will accept a pro-democratic ruling and its conscription's abolition. Actually, we can expect it to take advantage of its extensive powers to carry out a strong judicial activity against the pro-democratic parties. More precisely, there should be a series of indictments for corruption or any other allegations of this kind in the coming weeks so as to prevent the opposition from gaining some political power. We may also see a new dissolution of the Move Forward Party in an attempt to lessen their popularity. So while we cannot predict for sure what will happen in the coming weeks, we can be confident in the fact that the army will try to reduce the opposition to silence with all the tools it has at its disposal. To recap, these 2023 Thailand elections are key in determining the future political landscape of the country. Though the people expressed his rejection of the current military monarchy ruling with an overwhelming majority of votes for pro-democratic parties, this non-democratic regime is very likely to remain in power thanks to its control over the Senate and the judiciary system. Yet, with these election results and repetitive street protests in 2020, the power cannot hide or avoid the people's claim for a radical change and institutional reforms. So while we don't know for certain what will happen in the near future, we can anticipate that it will be a turbulent transitional period that should end with the same prime minister and elitist government. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. All sources can be found in the show notes. If you have any thoughts or questions, please reach out to us on our social media at Davis Political Review. We hope you have a good day.